cool okay we're gonna wait uh just like a few minutes and then we'll get going so i've got i've got some stuff i'm gonna read through i have some of the most common questions i guess that i get with any of this stuff and then we're gonna hit a little bit of the history of black magic paganism in general the whole wiccan movement uh sorcery pharmakia all these kind of key talking points that have to do with demonology specifically in the realm of christianity but then we're going to take it a little bit outside of that and i'll explain why here shortly drew if you see anybody else come in that's not muted um can you mute them i'm pretty sure you're able to just because i might not see it <laughs> All right, first thing real quick. So uh, welcome to another one of these. It should be fun. This one will be pretty uh, pretty interesting. I'm very into this stuff. I'm also very pessimistic about it and cynical about it, which I think is a good mix because it keeps me, uh, it keeps me pretty honest, I feel like. So we are streaming to YouTube. It's recorded directly to a playlist on my channel that is titled Theist Thesis. It's also under the podcast tab. All episodes are also available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts within a day or two, depending on how busy I am. You can find all of that on TattooTheist.com. Everything's kind of consolidated and easy to find that way. Please refrain from using specific places, names, or descriptive terms. If you choose to share, please also refrain from swearing. We did a good job last week. If you want to speak, you need to request in the event chat on Discord. Otherwise, I will not see it, so you will not be able to. Today's topic is Christian demonology. So please do your best to keep comments related to that topic as much as possible. Each share will be roughly three to five minutes, depending on time, and I will rudely interrupt you with a 30-second warning. So wrap it up at that time. Once you've joined the event chat, I'm sorry, once you join the event voice channel, if you plan to speak, please then join the event chat channel, because again, that is where you need to request and where the conversation happens between. There is also a YouTube chat going, so be mindful of that. By requesting to speak, you are giving me permission to stream, record, and post anything said during the discussion. So if you don't want it shared, don't jump in. The last 10 minutes will be a free-for-all, meaning that any topic that is not related directly to what we're talking about, you can bring up at that point. Please keep it appropriate. Otherwise, I will have to boot you and not let you back in. We are on YouTube again, so be mindful of that. Now, little preamble here so we have some jumping off points and a little bit of history down i need to preface all of it by saying that if we were to solely and only talk about this kind of topic based on the bible or based on christian resources from the early church things like that to have an understanding of demonology dark energy attachments things like this then we're going to get absolutely nowhere and the the reason for that is that the cold hard reality is that our canonized Bible, so the Bible that 
any of the books that are in your actual Bible, if you have a normal Bible, really any denomination other than Catholics, because Catholics have some of the apocryphal texts. But if you go based on the canon alone, it simply doesn't have that much information about demons. You have little snippets, pieces. You've got everything we have in the New Testament about the exercising of demons. You've got all that. But the fact is, and it's kind of interesting, that much of the way the Bible interacts regarding demonology as a, as a topic in whole is almost as if the reader already knows a baseline knowledge about the topics, right? About demons, about cast down angels. It speaks about it as if we have prior information and we, we don't. You have a very small amount in the Old Testament. You have a bit more in the New Testament, but it's it's spoken about without very much contextual backing. So there's a lot of speculation that this is why much of the apocryphal texts were removed from canon is because whoever is compiling them decided they didn't want that in there. That is speculation. I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm saying that is some of the speculation. But if you want to get a more broad, more full image of this topic, demons, dark energy, magic, sorcery, things like that, it's impossible to do that while staying within the canon alone because we, we just don't have it. So we're going to discuss some of that, but we are also going to branch out into a bunch of different paganism, the whole idea of Wiccan ideology, a lot of that because it's the only way to get a, a bigger, more broad picture. So the, the Book of Enoch and the Apocalypse of Abraham are two examples, they're not the only ones, just two two of the most prominent ones, in my opinion, of non-canon texts that provide a, a, a truly amazing amount of detail about uh, demonic energies, entities that the Bible either brushes over or doesn't talk about at all. So we're not going to go super deep into Enoch, because if we did, it would be hours and hours and hours. So instead, my plan is to in the Bible study, actually cover Enoch. So we'll go through it verse by verse. We'll talk about where it connects to the books in the canon or that are canonized, and then where these things are kind of extra canonical texts or extra canonical ideas. So we'll have to do that separately. Now, a couple of jump off points here. What does the Bible teach about demons? So again, in the canon, what we actually have and what we say is a part of the Bible. The Bible teaches that demons are these fallen angels, specifically angels who rebelled against God. So they took negative action against God. They didn't want to be with, around, or subservient to God. And that they are all, or at least it's insinuated, that they are all led by Satan, who is kind of your God of the evil energy, right? That's, that's the depiction that we get. These demons seek to deceive people, who live within our world. Again, not a lot of context in the Bible. So these are kind of base jumping off points. How did Satan and the demons fall from heaven? Satan and many angels rebelled against God and were rejected from heaven. Scripture records it, but again, it does not tell us really anything exact. And it doesn't tell us when or really how in any great detail. It's just brushed over. Why did some angels choose to sin? Angels were created with some ability. This one is I don't agree with, but I want to put it out there to be fair. Why do some angels choose to sin? Angels were created with some ability of choice, 
similar to humans. God did not force angels to rebel. To me, that's a duh, because it wouldn't really make sense. But some chose to do so under the influence of Satan. So again, the, the context of our canon, the canonized books, is really that Satan is this kind of figurehead within that darker realm. Can Christians be possessed by demons? This is highly controversial, highly, especially if you're in the charismatic movement or if you speak to anybody in that movement, the Pentecostal movement, these heavy spiritual movements of Christianity. There's a whole bunch of debate about this, and the Bible is 100% unclear. But the word here is that the Bible records accounts of people who were possessed or controlled by evil spirits. However, there are no records of Christians who were possessed by demons. Now, again, that is from our canon. That is from the compiled and agreed upon books that we've accepted as our quote-unquote Bible. That does not ring true if you go outside of the canon. But again, there is debate. Demons cannot control or possess those who have God's spirit, this source says, living within them. Again, heavy debate. Demons can, however, continue to tempt believers. Even Jesus was tempted in the wilderness by Satan. Again, that's out of Matthew chapter 4. Are demons actively involved in the world today? We get a little bit from Peter 5, 8. And it teaches that Satan continues to work to cause problems in the world today. It is safe to also conclude that other fallen angels do as well. There's a lot of different theological ideas around this because some of the Bible's depictions of Satan's interaction with the world is a little bit contradicting. And some of it is philosophically and theologically hard to make sense of. So there, there's, there's a lot of conversations there. And then who are the Nephilim? If you're going to go again based on the Bible, you have almost nothing about the Nephilim without moving on to Enoch or some of the other apocryphal texts. However, from Genesis 6, it mentions the group that are called the Nephilim, who are the offspring of the sons of God and the daughters of men. The term Nephilim means fallen ones or giants, depending on your translation. Their existence is mentioned just prior to the Noah's Ark account and evidently demonstrated of the wickedness of earth at that time. Through the identity of the sons of God is disputed, many argue they were fallen angels. Within your contemporary normal um, modern Christian ideology, most people believe that, yeah, they were fallen angels. Outside of that, again, there is quite a bit of debate about whether these were fallen angels or if these demonic entities or presence existed before that. And that fallen angels are just an addition to that dark side of things, right? So if you guys need me to read any of those again, based on something you want to share, let me know. I'll keep it up. But I also wanted to jump into this real quick. So th this is pertaining to, and again, I'll tell you where I disagree, where I agree, and then I'll leave some of it open for you guys to interpret. But one of the most common questions is, why does God allow Satan and the demons to attack us? So the question you get is, if God is all-powerful, why does he allow Satan and the demons to attack us at all? We are not given all the answers to this question. Really, we're not given many at all within scriptures. But scripture does make a handful of things at least kind of clear. First, it is not God's desire for Satan to attack people. Satan attacked even the Garden of Eden in the form of a serpent. Adam and Eve sinned, and all the people have become sinful in nature and are likewise open to the temptations of Satan, 1 Peter 5, 8. When God does allow Satan or his demons to attack a person, there are reasons for it. 
if you are a Job person, you know where we're going with it. Job did not see why God allowed Satan to attack him. It's Job 1.12. Yet God used the situation to thwart Satan's boast and to bring glory to God. I don't like that description because there is so much more going on in Job than that says. That seems very minimal to me. It seems like slightly dishonest. Uh, there is massive depth to the book of Job. I argue that it's one of the most theologically packed sections of the entire Bible that's canonized because it's this depiction that there is, I don't like this word, but it's the easiest way for people to picture it, that there are other dimensions, right? We, li we live in a dimension where we understand things the way we understand them. We see things the way we see them. And the only things our brains can comprehend or conceptualize are things that we have seen, heard, or experienced. Otherwise, our brains can't fathom it because it's all we have. Experience is all we have. Using our senses is the only way that we can conceptualize things. So part of part of Job was expressing to the reader that there is so much more going on that you could never understand. You could never try to process it. You can meditate your entire life and be closer to God than anybody else in the world. You're not going to get it. There's no possible way for a human in our limited capacity to understand what is happening in the other dimensions, quote unquote. Again, I don't like the word, but it's the easiest way to kind of picture it. And I'll talk about that a little bit here in a second. Sometimes God allows demonic temptation as a test. Even Jesus was tested through temptation by Satan in the desert. Matthew 4, 1 through 10, Jesus, unlike Adam, passed the test. He said no to sin and won the victory. There's a lot of theological things to talk about there because does God have the ability to do evil? would be one of the first thing that's brought up. So is was Jesus was it even possible for Jesus to say yes to sin? Many will argue no. But then again, like this resource I'm reading here, many will use it kind of as an example when theologically that's a rough thing to make sense of. Another reason God might allow Satan or his demons to attack is to build our maturity. Ephesians 6 10 through 18, it speaks of putting on the armor of God and stand against Satan. This requires dependence on God through prayer and the use of the word of God. Personally, I don't subscribe to this. Uh, again, it's, it's theologically problematic to say that God uses Satan or his demons to attack or build our maturity. There are little bits in scripture that make it seem that way. But big picture, theologically, it doesn't quite add up. It doesn't quite make a lot of sense. Okay, if anybody already wants to jump in, throw something out now. Otherwise, I have a few more things I'll go through. I'll wait, uh, wait like 10, 15 seconds. But if you want to hit something before we move on too far, let me know. All right, then here's some of the history. So 1990, Trinity College in Connecticut estimated there were 8,000 adherents of Wicca. In 2008, the U.S. Census Bureau figured it was about 340,000. So within about 18 years, the again, these are estimates. So how accurate they are is, oh, Mystic wants in. That wasn't you. Did I miss something somewhere? No.
No, it's okay. All right. So Trinity College, 1990, estimate of Wiccans, which is a it's a subgroup of paganism, was around 8,000. The estimate. No, I can't hear you guys because you're muted. If if I unmute you, it will feed through the headphones and then go to the stream and it'll be a jumbled mess. You guys need to request in the chat. That's the only way I'm going to know. Otherwise, otherwise, this would be super, super messy. You guys can hear each other, but I cannot hear you. Otherwise, everybody's voice goes through the stream. All right, Teal, I'll bring you in. Teal, you're unmuted on my end. You just need to unmute yourself. Or okay, no, can you're you good. hear me? Yep, you're good. Okay, so I just wanted you to, if you could reiterate so I understand clearly what you were saying about Ephesians 6 and the full armor of God. Can you just reiterate that part? Because I caught, I was trying to listen intently and I caught some of it, but not all of it. Yeah, for sure. So this is coming from compellingtruth.org. And there are concepts around why does God allow Satan or demons to attack us? So the, the quote here was, another reason God might allow Satan or his demons to attack us is to build our maturity. And Ephesians 8, 10 through 18 says this, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers and so on. So it speaks, it speaks of putting on the armor of God to stand against Satan. This requires dependence on God through prayer and the use of the word of God. I don't take issue with anything other than this idea that it's, it's to build our maturity. Because, because again, and it's not about this direct section, it's about a larger theological idea, which is, does God, one, does he control Satan? Because if God controls Satan, then God is, he, he is the reason for evil in the world. If God controls Satan and demons, and he has full control over them, he can decide what they do, what they can't do, who they can attack, who they can't attack, then God is evil because he's performing evil just because he doesn't do himself. It doesn't make you not complicit. So theologically, it's problematic. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. And that's what I wanted to clear up because I do agree with what you said. Um, but I just wanted to clear it up because I was trying real hard to listen. No, it's probably good because I'm sure somebody else had the same question. Was that it for now? Yes. Beautiful. Thanks, too. All right. Anybody else? Let me know. Otherwise, I'm going to keep going. Drew, you're probably okay to bounce out if you want. Everybody's muted, and this is probably going to be everybody for the night. All right. Uh, somebody let me know if anything else pops up. So the the census, the census, the census. So we got, again, for I think it's like the third time, so I apologize. But 8,000 were estimated to be Wiccan, which is a subgroup of paganism. In 2008, which is about 18 years later, the estimate grew from 8,000 to 342,000. Then a 2014 Pew Research Center study increased that projection several times over and assuming that 0.4% of the American population would identify as pagan, Wiccan, or New Age. Most modern pagan worship of which Wicca is just one type, draws on pre-Christian traditions revering nature. Nature. This is paganism. 
By 2050, it is said that the number of Americans practicing other religions, which usually is seen as paganism, unless you're talking about major religion, religions like Judaism, Christianity, Islam, Hinduism, and Buddhism, anything really outside of that is considered pagan. So these would be more naturalistic religious ideals and concepts. Wicked began to be practiced in America in the 1960s. There's a little bit of debate about what I'm about to say, but it's it's the vast majority of any good information you're going to find. It was started primarily within the feminist movements, environmentalist movements, and those seeking non-structured spirituality. It was largely an underground movement, and which makes somewhat sense because of what the general population believed about these kinds of spiritualities. But the commercial books about witchcraft that were published in the 1980s and 90s, productions like Charmed and The Craft, created a surge of interest in primarily youths in America. With the ability to find communities online due to the growth of the Internet and the decline in affiliation with traditional religions, witchcraft began its entry into the mainstream. Witchcraft has always been relatively mainstream. But within America, it got largely pushed down outside of America too. in England. You had you had obviously the whole witch trials, right, where people were burned to the stake, where entire towns in several cases, everybody in the town was killed because there were reports of a witch or two. They killed everybody. So there, there was a lot of that. We're not going to go super deep into it because we'll probably get flagged on YouTube. But the Catholic Church had a very, very large position in a lot of these witch trials and burnings at the stake. The religion is individualistic in many ways. You can do your own thing. That is Satanism. Because again, I got to say this every time because I feel like it, there's such a weird idea of this. Satanism is not the worship of Satan. They don't believe in Satan. They don't believe in God. Satanism is the worship of self. It is self-obsession, and it is just worshiping yourself, caring about your will over anything else. Luciferianism is the worship of actual Satan from the Bible. So you can do your own thing. It is not signing on to an institutional religion. It's not signing on to a set of actions or beliefs that you must adhere to. It is this very open book, this very open idea. Teal, it is not the same. No. Satanism is a, a much broader term for self-worship. If you think about Satanism, think about Hollywood. Hollywood is worship of self. And then there's also this concept of these people selling their souls to the devil, right? Most of them don't believe in the devil. But the ones that will talk about selling their soul to the devil, in, in almost every case, they're not talking about Satan from the Bible. They're talking about just demonic energy. So it's not Christian specific. That's it's part of why all of that's become so twisted and confusing. If if I didn't answer it, let me know though. So the word Wicca can be traced back to 1970 through 1975 with roots in the old English meaning, which was primarily translated to male sorcerer. However, even in the Bible, we have examples of female sorcerers. I believe the Bible I'd have to look it up, but I, be, I believe it says something in the Old Testament about the female sorcerers need to be killed. It's one of the, again, very few, very, very brief sections where we hear 
about any of that. If anybody wants to come in, let me know right now because I'm at a stopping point. Otherwise, I'll jump into a little bit of history of paganism in general. And then we've got a short video. But if anybody wants in, let me know. You got 10 seconds. Otherwise, I'll keep going. Wait until your wife and I become friends. I come to realize that I may not understand everything, but it's okay to just trust in the Lord. I don't have to know at all. Yeah, that's totally true. And, and it's a very realistic view because there's no world in which we are going to know everything. All right, I'm going to keep going. So paganism here. Like I said, there is a massive misunderstanding of what paganism is. I feel like most Christians believe that paganism is this set of beliefs. It's this, this religion. That's not at all what paganism is. Paganism is super, super broad. And it covers all sorts of traditions, all sorts of religious beliefs, and all sorts of different uh, idolatry is really what it is. So paganism is not one belief system. It is an umbrella term for dozens of different belief systems, religious practices, and ethnic and geographical groups. Pagan traditions have a strong focus on ritual, and practitioners may draw from multiple sources or follow a single contemporary pagan tradition. The largest of the latter brings us back to Wicca, which is a form of religious witchcraft that includes dozens of lineages, paths, and styles. Other traditions include druidry, non-Wicca forms of religious witchcraft, heathenry, and astru, which is a Northern European paganism. Feminist, god feminist goddess worship is huge within these pagan cultures and religious practices, and a variety of non-reconstructionism, including Greek, Egyptian, Celtic, Roman, Canaanite, as well as a bunch of other historical religions, all pulled from these pagan ideologies and idolatries. Some practitioners of Afro-Caribbean religions also may be considered to be pagan, while others do not. So one of these examples brings us back to the whole tattoo thing. The reason we got a lot of those laws, not all of them, but some of the laws that are in Mosaic law, right? Which is where everybody gets the whole don't tattoo your skin thing. It's more than tattoos talking about cutting. And the cutting was a religious practice to worship the dead, right? So that was happening in pagan communities around where God's people were. So the directive was in context of where they were when it was being talked about and what the actual context of what was going around the other religions in the area. If you don't know that, then it just says don't tattoo or cut yourself. So it's understandable why people get there, but you can't read the Bible without context. You have to. That's why paganism was rampant all around them and they were falling to it. Many of them were bailing and they were starting to grasp on to paganism. This is the same reason throughout Paul's epistles, he's talking about these people within the Christian church practicing pagan things and telling them to stop. You guys are mixing the, the Christ traditions, the Christ religion with your cultural things around you, pagan religions. It's a constant theme throughout the entire Bible is that Christians and Jews were mixing pagan idolatry and worship that was around them 
into the Christian faith. And they were having the leaders were having a very hard time getting people to separate from a lot of those pagan cultures. It was all around them, all around them. And because there were so many different varieties, there were so many different things that they could pull onto. So it's, it was it was complex and it was hard for the people at the time. Pagan rituals commonly focus on honoring a deity or deities, observing natural cycles such as a seasonal change or the waxing and waning of the moon, or celebrating rites of passage such as birth, transitioning into adulthood, marriage, and death. So the seasonal changes thing, that's where we get Easter from. Easter is not a Christian holiday, not even a little bit. Christmas, not a Christian holiday. But Easter specifically was the God Istra. And this was, there were all old pagan traditions, even a lot of the ones we still do today to celebrate Easter. They were basically co-opted by Christians during the ministry process, during missionary works. Yeah, boom, Sarah. Easter, pagan. Christmas, pagan. What happened is, more than likely, what happened is Christians were doing a lot of missionary work, right? So they were doing missionary work with pagans. And so they were using these cultural things to, to co-op what was bad and try to make it something celebratory of what is good. Some people don't like that, but it's, it's, it's productive ministry, if nothing else. Although the form of ritual varies by tradition, pagan rituals tend to engage the participants physically. There was a lot of physical religion, or I'm sorry, there were a lot of physical traditions within much of the paganism. Some pagans offer food or drink to their gods or ancestors. Those offerings may be shared by the participants as part of the feast or sometimes disposed of ritually. In other words, wasted. Food was wasted. And oftentimes throughout history, food was wasted when people were starving as a form of idolatry, they, they would offer up food during times of famine to false gods. And so people would starve in the process. Kind of sad. Representations of earth, air, fire, and water may also be employed for cleansing and consecration. For instance, participants might anoint themselves with salt water, earth, and water, and burn incense, air, and fire as part of ritual preparations. This is absolutely the worship of the material. This is the worship of things made by God. I'm sorry, things God made rather than God, right? If, if we're worshiping animals rather than the one that made the animals, if we worship people rather than the one that made the people, it's idolatry. That's what idolatry is. It's idolatry at mass scale. All right, 15 seconds. If anybody wants in, hop in. Another stopping point. Otherwise, I have a, I have something I need you all to imagine. So I'm going to walk you through imagining something so that we can have kind of a, a good picture before we go into the actual conversation. Yes, Mystic. It was celebrating the equinox. And yeah, Sarah, 100%. It was just missionary work. Teal, I'm going to unmute you. You're unmuted. Okay, so really quickly, where does this um, new, I hate to call it new age, but I'm going to call it new age because I don't have a lack of a 
better word for it. Recent. Let's use the word recent. This recent thing about the secret and self-manifestation. Where does it come from? Yeah, like what what is it? Is it is it um what is it rooted in? Like where does it because it I mean, I know they have the people who um I can't think of her name. Louise Hay. Um, I think she's part of that and she, maybe, and she's been around for a while. She's passed, passed on now, but now all of a sudden you, um, cause when I did life coaching back in 2018, they started talking about, um, the secret and then they had a sequel to the secret and I didn't know anything about it. It was part of the reading list, but, um, it's about this. All I know basically is something about self-manifestation and a lot of celebrities are into it because they they feel that if they say it enough every morning that it manifests itself so where is that rooted is that actually i mean i know it's not christian because it's like basically cutting god out of the whole scenario because they feel like they're doing it themselves so is it then considered demonic is it considered what, what pagan is it where where does it come from because my youngest daughter believes in this stuff. She, my youngest daughter believes in a lot of this stuff. She's kind of made her own, a little bit of this, a little bit of this, a little bit of this, and wrapped it all together yeah. and is totally lost and confused in it. Okay, this is actually perfect. So I'm, I'm going to answer it in about 30 seconds. So the, the next section here, I'm going to have you guys imagine something so we can all get on the same page visually. And then I just wrote a note for myself at the end there. I'll answer that. My with my opinion, obviously, I'll answer that. And then after I do, if you have a follow up question with it, I'll bring you back. All right, Teal's muted. Mystic, you need to get somewhere you can talk because I'm interested to hear what you have to say. Uh, real quick, though, if Easter and Christmas are pagan holidays, why do Christians celebrate them? Honestly, I'm not a fan personally. Because it doesn't really make sense. But if you think about it like intentions and condition of the heart, because I talk about this a lot, you, you there are things and there's definitely fine lines and it's a tightrope walk. There are things that have no actual meaning, right? Decorating eggs doesn't mean anything. It's not worshiping a God. You can do that and worship God, just like you could get tattoos that are worshiping the dead. And that would be idolatry. As a Christian, that would be something you don't want to do. However, you can also get tattoos that are not worshiping the dead, and then it's no harm, no foul. You have good intentions. You're, you are a devout Christian. It's it's the condition of your heart. It's your intentions in doing so. I Again, I'm not a fan of the fact that we've co-opted pagan rituals and adopted them. One, I don't like that we lie about it, because we do. And it, whether it's a lie or just people being uneducated, both of those holidays are 100% not Christian. Most scholars put Jesus's birth around summertime and Easter doesn't line up with when everything with Jesus happened, right? The resurrection. It doesn't. Easter is aligned with moon cycles. It has nothing to do with the resurrection, right? And in other countries, a lot of a lot of other countries don't do Easter they have um, different different language depending on where you're at. Like France, I don't remember what they're called, but they're they're the title of them is around Passover, so it actually has something to do with what we're celebrating in America and in I believe it's like Germany and some other places. We've done this Easter thing full force, 
but Easter is not ours. So I, I'm not a huge fan of it. But again, like if if I'm coloring eggs with my family and we're having fun, whatever, we're not worshiping pagan gods. We're not committing idolatry. And then we go to church and we celebrate the resurrection of Christ. It's it's all Christian at this point. It's either Christian or secular and commercialism, arguably. But it's it's how you're going into it, why you're going into it. What are what are you guys doing? What is your intention? Where's your heart? I would that's what I would say. But again, I'm not I'm not a huge fan. Yeah, I'm not the 25th being Jesus' birthday. Not a fan. Would getting an elaborate tattoo dedicated to loved ones be considered worshiping the dead? Uh, only you can answer that. Are you worshiping the dead? Or are you commemorating a life that you loved or appreciated? It's what are you doing going into it? What is your purpose? What are you meaning to do? If you're worshiping that person, that's idolatry. Whether you get a tattoo or not, though, it's idolatry. I think we need to clarify the word like worship, idolatry, etc. Yeah, honoring is different. Honoring and worship are different. Honoring somebody doesn't put them above God. Worshiping something puts them above God. There's a there's a quite a big difference there. Yeah, no way it was December. All right, I'm going to continue on. So so pay pay attention cuz this you actually need to do this in your head. Imagine, imagine you're standing on the moon. And you're looking at Earth. And whether you think it's flat or you think it's round, I don't care. You're on the moon. You're looking at the Earth. Underneath the Earth is a dark fog of energy, right? You can see it. You can feel it. It's, it's, it's tangible, this dark energy under the Earth. Then above the Earth are these light rays of energy, these light sunshines, Right. So the earth is in the middle. It's a dark, foggy, scary, yucky underneath. And it's bright, light, good energy up above. It's negative underneath. It's positive above. Our world is divided by these energies. Right. That's the idea. So those that are positive are light and they're above. And those that are negative are dark and they are below. As beings that we are. We have the ability to draw on or tap into or connect with either side through the gift of free will and through the reality of our spirituality, our spiritual nature. You can tap into the evil fog underneath, or you can tap into the light that is above, the positivity that is above. So imagine these good and bad energies are not directly connected to our world, but imagine them again, as a separate dimension. And I don't like the word, but it's the best way for people to see it in their head, right? So our dimension is on one line, and then there is either a or several other dimensions that are offline with us. So there is a connection, but it's limited. So these bad energies are not directly connected to our world. Imagine them in that other dimension. God kept them separate for a reason. And again, this goes back to Job, where the author makes it amazingly clear that there is all sorts of stuff happening that we have no clue about. 
and not even that we don't know, that it is not possible for us to understand. Because our human conceptions, our human understanding, our brains can only process that which we have experienced, that which we have seen, heard, smell. It's all we have. So we think everything can fit inside our human brain box, which is a ridiculous concept. It's absolutely ridiculous, and it's not biblical. So they can both interact, both that evil dark fog and that positive light ray of energy above, they can both interact with the world, both the good and the evil. But it's limited due to that dimensional divide, due to the fact that our brains can't conceptualize that which they cannot conceptualize. It's limited until we connect. Once we connect, whether it's wittingly or unwittingly, another word I don't like, but it's the easiest way for people to see things, there, there is a portal of kinds, right? Some kind of pass-through of energy, of spirituality. So once we connect, whether we mean to, whether we don't mean to, that portal, that pass-through, that doorway of sorts is created, and there is a new connection within the dimension there, right? It's limited until we connect, as we are spiritual beings, more than most of us understand, honestly. I feel like people have a really bad view, and I feel like our society, I feel like all of society, has really doled us down to this idea that we're spiritual, right? That, that we've been conditioned to believe that we are a bunch of atoms with no real meaning or value, no, no real intrinsic meaning, that we're not spiritual, we're just animals. Not true. And by connecting our energy to either the dark or the light, we are essentially pulling on the power or the energy of those beings outside of the world. There, there are sentient energies that are good and that are bad. And you have some semblance of ability to connect to either side. And every time we do that, the connection becomes live. And then a lot of people believe that both that good and that bad have more of an ability of free movement. So the more, again, I'll take Hollywood for an obvious example. The more Hollywood calls on or sells their soul to demons, right? Which I feel like a lot of people believe that at this point. It was kind of a conspiracy theory for a long time. But now even people in Hollywood have kind of talked about it. So take it for an example, whether you believe it or not, just an example. Once you have a massive amount of people with energy who are spiritual beings, whether they know it or not, connecting to this dark energy, connecting to demonic energies. They're opening up that connection, right? That's the idea. That's the concept is that every new connection that's made, that demon attaches in some way. And then they have more access to us here in this dimension, quote unquote. I hope that makes sense. So with with that, Teal, your self-manifestation thing, the origins of that are messy because they're they're stemmed from paganism in general, which means we don't know where in the world it started. We don't know what specific sect it started in. But you you have all of these different things within this big pagan umbrella because the the pagan umbrella is huge. Uh, Rodriguez, I got you. Just give me two seconds. The pagan umbrella is huge. It covers all different religious beliefs, all these different practices, all these different traditions, all these different deities, all these different goddesses. 
There's a lot to it. But if you look back through Wicca and you look back through these different pagan practices, manifestation just started to kind of creep in. And then within the in the late 1900s, with the free love movement and things like that, it got a little bit heavier and people started to get more literal with it. Now, if you ask them what they believe, it's probably going to differ from what I'm going to tell you. But this is this is my Christian perspective of it is what I just went over is that you have these two different groups of entity, right? You have good and you have bad. And I feel like many of us have kind of lived on both sides, have kind of tapped into both sides. I have had a lot of darkness in my life and I've been a very dark person in my life. And now I've also been a very light person in my life, a very positive, very godly person, you know, to the best of my ability. I fully believe in both. There are people who don't have those drastic swings and experience and drawing on either evil or good things. So it's, it's harder for them to conceptualize. I have no problem conceptualizing that because I've absolutely been on both sides, 100%. But manifestation is because we are spirit, in my opinion, is because we are spiritual beings. So for a Christian, manifestation is that which aligns with the spirit of God, right? That which aligns with God's will. So if I manifest, quote unquote, something that doesn't align, with God, with his His plan, his purpose, with, with the spirit and the connection to me, then it's not going to happen because God has a plan and because God has a purpose for each person, right? However, there are, there are definitely ideas of people who draw on the dark side, who are drawing on demonic energies, who are manifesting through an entity that is not God. And it's, it's the whole concept, again, of Hollywood. They get what they want if they sell their soul. So they, they manifested their career or their fame or their money, but it's not from God. They drew on something else. And I think people do it unwittingly at times because they don't understand. And I think people do it wittingly where they fully understand what they're doing and they're willing to do it for the fame. Rodriguez, are you ready to go still? I can unmute you now. But basically, the idea is that the, the more we draw on these energies or entities, the more power that they have, right? The more connected they become to our world and our consciousness, the more they can influence our world due to the increase in volume of those connections to the other realm or the other dimension, whatever you want to call it. They're all goofy words now because we've been conditioned to think that they're goofy ideas. To me, they are very real ideas. But the more connections you have, the more interactions you have. Rodriguez, throw something out if you're ready to be unmuted. I don't, I don't want to unmute you and have you not know that you're unmuted and say something you don't want to say. Anybody else who wants in, uh, go ahead and throw something out. I'll start a list. But the only thing I have after this is a little something on pharmakia, which is where we get sorcery in the Bible. And then I've got a video, actually, that ironically, I stumbled on with Kat this morning. All right, I got you. You are unmuted. Okay, can you all hear me? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Um, there was a couple questions that I had. Um, I know that when it comes to, like, 
the spiritual realm or whatever you want to call it, I had always believed and I was always taught just kind of being born and raised in the church that there's only angels and demons and that's it good and bad and that's it um however i will say there's some things that have happened i don't know recently and then just some other experiences that i know of others or just myself that makes me question some things um one of which would be in um i think it's first samuel chapter 28 I can't remember the verse um, where, they, where they consult a medium and summon the spirit of Saul. So nowhere yeah. in there does it actually say it was a demon. It sounds like, um, you know, they meant to summon Saul and they got him. So I'm a little confused and I'm not trying to say, hey, let's go and tamper in things that we shouldn't and different uh -huh. things like that. But I just really question if everything is demonic, you know, or if everything is angelic. I mean, there's just, I don't know, there's got to be some weird stuff going on that, like, okay, there was also that angel, oh, what was the war, where he says, like, hey, are you on our side or, or not? And he's like, I'm on no one's side. Um, gosh, I wish I knew that reference. But I don't know, there's just a lot of questions that I have in that department. I always feel like I'm not allowed to ask that because people would get upset but no that is um, why we are here That's right <laughs> all this stuff you cannot talk about in church um yeah. yeah these these are very 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 hard because again like if if you stay in the canon if you stay in the the agreed upon bible you right. you just you don't have you don't have at, at all even remotely enough to make sense of any of it just two examples that you gave but there you can pull 20 out of the new testament right. too that like they don't make we can't make proper sense of them because we just don't have enough um so i guess is is your whole thing like looking at you know like herbalism as an example because i saw mystic said that earlier mm -hmm. is is herbalism demonic or is it angelic is that kind of where you're at trying to figure that out not specifically no. that but no just like other like uh Okay, I'll admit, like, some of the stuff that you were saying earlier, I think I may have dabbled into some things that I shouldn't have. Just looking up, like, conspiracy theory stuff and, like, weird spiritual things. And I remember my aunt was like, hey, don't watch that. And she swore she saw some entity, like, walking down the hallway. I don't know if it's true. She's not the type to lie. But it made me, like, back off the stuff a, a little bit. So I will say, yeah, I, I get that. But, um... Oh, this is weird to say. Um, so I have surgeries all, all the time, okay? I've had 17, I think, so far in counting. So the most recent surgery I had, though, something, I don't know what happened, but something was a little off. I was aware that things were taking longer, and I was more alert. It was really, really weird. There's, it just sounds crazy, but I did see my dad. And my father, you know, he passed away when I was younger. So, and like, I swear it was my dad. Like, I I don't like to tell anybody about it because I feel like everyone would just say, oh, that's a demon. But I mean, I saw, I don't, I don't know, but I know I'm not the only one. No. So. No. You're not the only, so let, let me ask you then, because I think we're, we're going to go into kind of personal stories here for sure. 
um, because you may have not been here when uh, maybe it was like three, four weeks ago. Um, I am the biggest hater of like stories like this, like these spiritual. Oh, I'm just I'm so cynical. I'm so cynical. And I honestly hate myself Same. for it. I, I hate Same. it. I hate it. And then and then out of nowhere, three, four weeks ago, I had something wild happen. And Drew wasn't here when I told it. There were only a few people on. So I'll tell it again today. But like that it's dramatically changed my outlook dramatically um so i I I believe it you know yeah and i wasn't playing with stuff this is while i was having surgery you guys you know it's not like i was playing with a ouija board and the other thing i will say that was kind of weird is a month before the surgery i remember kind of being afraid that something was going to go wrong and i made some uh adjustments to some legal paperwork so that whole thing messed with me like so how in tuned are we with spirituality and this other, you know, dude, I sound like a weirdo, but you no. know what I mean? Like, yeah. like did part of me know something wasn't going to go right? And I just had to make sure my kids were going to be taken care. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I don't know. I just don't know that it's only demons and angels out there. I don't know what, but. No, but it's an interesting point because that's that again, if you go outside of the Bible, th- you do find that you do find these neutral or these kind of middle ground, you know, think of it like purgatory, maybe so the, the spirit or the entity hasn't quite reached wherever it's going or it hasn't sorted that out. You read it. There's all sorts of literature yeah. about that middle ground. But within Christianity, with our our very limited text, it's we don't have it so you're just kind of left hanging trying to figure it out but it's it's a good point it's an interesting point to bring up for sure yeah what else you got or is that it for now no i think that's it i just think there's weird stuff that happens and doesn't always look like it's bad or good so that's it for sure. No, I, to- I totally agree. And I know Kat definitely does too. I'm going to throw you back on mute. Kat, Kat probably has, you know, she she's busy tonight, so she might not be able to bring a whole bunch of today. But she has a bunch of stories too. Negative and uh, I believe some neutral as well. So that, that was a good point to bring up for sure. Uh, does anybody else want in real quick? Otherwise, I have just a very short amount left to go of what we got. I got a plethora of stories, experiences from a church I grew up in. That would be lovely. Drew, I'm going to tell the story. It's all good. Patience, patience. So where do all the other demons come from? Or is the whole number 200 mean something else? Oh, um, so I guess the, I'll just tell you kind of the main ideas and I'm not subscribing or telling you I agree or anything like that. These are these are the most prominent concepts you have. You have the fallen angel scenario, right? Numbers in the Bible are tricky to stay stuck to because, and again, it's another thing that just gets super complicated. If you get into numerology, it changes the meaning of a lot of these numbers. And then some could possibly mean the literal number. So it's, I, I take numbers very lightly in, in the Bible personally, and that's a personal choice. I'm not telling anybody else to do that. That's the way I do it because it's, I just feel like it's, it gets, it gets much harder if you try to take every number in the Bible as a literal number and not as something that means something, but then it also gets very complicated if you decide to go the meaning route as well. But the, the main, the main ideas, and I hope I'm answering what you're actually asking, but is that you have the fallen angels. So every demon, any demon 
is a fallen angel. You have another view that anybody who goes to Sheol or goes to hell becomes a demon. That's a less agreed upon view within Christianity, but it exists for sure. And then you have something I mentioned earlier, which is this idea that these entities existed before. So, and, and who knows whether after, I, oh God, this gets so hard because right, God has existed forever, right? So that's already out of our conceptual understanding. We live under time. We understand absolutely everything in the world as time. Everything has an age, everything wears, everything tears, but everything is on this timeline that we live in. God is not on that timeline. So again, if you think of it like a dimension, we live in a dimension that is constrained by time, even though time is kind of a made up thing. It's just the way that we've chosen as a, as a society, as a world to understand the, the aging process. But we live under time, no matter what way you bend it, we live under time. God does not live under time. So God is in a different dimension where time does not exist. He has just always existed. Is he the only thing that has ever existed outside of our dimension? That could be argued. Is there, again, is there a darker dimension underneath, not literally, but underneath, that these entities have existed also outside of time forever? Or do they exist on a different kind of timeline, but that are, far exceeds our lifespan within our dimension? Like, you you can take this so, so, so far. So far. And it's, it's mind-blowing to try to sit and really make sense of it. But th those are kind of the main concepts. Either people go to hell, become demons, all of demons are fallen angels, or these other dimensions are not constrained by time. So God has existed as the ultimate being forever, ultimate in terms of good. But there is this idea that demonic energy and demonic entities are on that same or similar dimensional line where time does not exist. So they have been around forever too. And that they were never a human at any point. And that they were never an angel. They are just evil to the core. The fallen from the book of Enoch, that's a, a part of it. Um, but where where I'm coming from exceeds Enoch. But but yeah, within a Christian context, uh, a lot of it comes from Enoch and the Watchers. Like the void that covered the earth before God created it. Yeah, yeah, or far beyond that. Right. Who knows? But that's that's why I find this stuff so wildly interesting. Uh, OK, so I'm going to. Come in the voice channel so I can share something on the screen. So you may want to pop over there for a minute, go over to the voice channel so you can see what I am putting up. In just a second. Come on, baby. Oh, bear with me, guys. Come on, man. Boom.
Okay. All right. Event voice. Share my screen now. So jump over if you want to see it. This is a TikTok video that Kat and I ironically saw today. All right, can someone just confirm that you guys can see that? Beautiful. Okay. All right, I'm going to play it. Question, devil. I arrest you by the power of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Look at me. You're arrested. Is the part of your kingdom yes. Is it? But she won't take it. What happens if she takes it? She's yours. How? It's just. It's just. No, but it's. The serpents. What serpents? You guys can't hear it. That that shows medicine. The serpents. Okay. Is that what you're talking about? No, I don't think you're talking nonsense. Hmm? So you work through pharmacare, witchcraft. Hmm? So is it all part of your plan? I arrest you in the name of Jesus. Part of your plan. Hmm? I'll send you guys the link in a second, and I'll explain it. You guys might need to unmute it if half of you can hear it and half of you can't. What is going to do to the people in the long run? Kill them before repentance. So the plan of this. All right, I'll send you guys the link right now. So anybody who couldn't hear it, but that might be uh, something with the sound on your end. Here you go. I'll explain it right now, though. I'll explain it right now. There it is. So what was happening here is this was somebody I can't remember where they were, but he's basically he's exercising a demon, right? That's why he's saying, you know, I you're under control in the name of Jesus. And then he's talking about that what's getting bleeped out is something that I'm also not going to say because uh, YouTube, but he's talking about something that is a medical drug, basically a medical substance. Okay. And the, the demon or the woman uh, is saying that we work through medicine. We work through medicine. And then at the end, she's talking about how, well, she brought up the serpents right at the hospital and then they popped up the picture and that, that is the, I don't know if you call it a logo or what would it be called, but these serpents going around that, that main emblem for the hospital, right? So she mentioned that. Have you noticed the serpents? Have you noticed the serpents? And then at the end, she's saying, we try to get them to take the sorcery, which is what pharmacia is, and that's what drugs are, pharmaceutical drugs. We try to get them to take the pharmaceuticals before repentance, because if repentance is made prior to the sorcery, the drugs, the pharmaceuticals 
taking effect on the person, then you can get out of it, right? Now, Rodriguez, I'm not saying all medication, not all medication. There's a lot of medication that is very good, okay? But the the, the every time you see, so I guess here, we're not, we're not, again, we're not going to go super deep into pharmacia because we can do word studies at some point if you guys want to do them. But pharmacia is used three times in the New Testament. One is in Galatians and two are in Revelation, ironically, in the end time story. Yeah, the serpents and Moses. You'll, you'll get a little bit of pushback on that, though, depending on who you talk to. But I, I agree. That's that's kind of the light view of it. And then you have the darker view of it. End times, who knows, man. It seems as if the authors of the New Testament thought they were in end times too. So end times in terms of what? That we're 100,000 years from it or that we're 5,000 years from it. But it's every basically every generation has thought they're in the end times. So it's very hard to tell. But anyway, so pharmakia has been used three times in the Bible, one in Galatians, two in Revelation. These are the definitions. You have the use of administering drugs. You have poisoning. You have sorcery, magical arts, often found in connection with idolatry and fostered by it. And you have a meta, the deceptions and seductions of idolatry. Hit comment. I do want to say if you feel super. Tomorrow at 3 p.m. What's going on at 3 p.m.? So you, you guys know I'm super pessimistic when it comes to videos like this, right? I, I immediately call BS on virtually all of it. Oh, the end times are 3 p.m. tomorrow. I'm actually, I'm all right with that. I'm all right with that. Everybody better repent. That was her whole point. Even if, even if you're involved in the pharmacia, right? The, the dark side of it. If you repent first, that demon or that woman, right? Said, said, you're good. No, no, I have school. Uh, so anyway, take the video for what it is. It's a video on the internet. I don't put a lot of weight or stock in it. But it's this is I found this interesting because it's very different than a lot of the other videos you see. A lot of them are very theatrical. A lot of them are very stereotypical. I don't think there is a perfect practice for exercising. I don't think there is a perfect way of going about dealing with a demon. I don't buy that. That's my opinion. That's not biblical. That's my just an opinion, just an opinion. I don't think it's this magic thing. You put your hand on somebody's head and all of a sudden the demon's gone. If they were that easy, it probably wouldn't be as significant of a problem. But again, 100% my opinion. Okay, that's enough. That's all that I have. So does anybody want to hop in here? Paddle faster at your banjo music. All right, did I miss anything too? Has anyone seen Deliverance? No, I haven't seen Deliverance yet. I keep getting told to watch it, though. Cat, are you ready right now?
Oh, the movie's about deliverance? What's it called? All right, Kat, then I'm going to unmute you. You are unmuted, so watch your mouth. The devil went down to Georgia. <laughs> the devil did, in fact, go down to Georgia. I can attest. That is true. <laughs> All right, what you got? Um, what do you have anything in mind that you want me to share? Because I am gonna have so many that it's like, like, what do you want? Uh, what was what the one? What was for? the one at that one house in Florida? Oh God, that one's heavy. Um, is it too long, or can you shorten it? I can shorten it. Um, okay. Especially because it's on the spot, and I wasn't thinking about that one at all. But um, oh well, do whatever you're thinking about. Then it doesn't matter. No, I'm good. I'm good. Okay, I'm good. I can wing it. I'm so good at winging it. I know you are. Um, <laughs> my mother um, deemed herself a pagan for a long time. She is no longer. Um, but she was always really into the spiritual um, everything in yeah. some. And she heavily believed in demons and of angels and like uh, spirit guides and like the whole the whole nine yards. And mostly because we didn't have the greatest relationship and i just saw i just, I just kind of saw through some of the stuff that she would say sometimes and so i was just i was super weary and like i never knew what to actually believe so i just kind of took it with a grain of salt and that was about it but ever since i was a kid i had experiences but nothing was as bad as that house by far um, next to my house, my own house in Georgia, it was far worse than that even, which says something. Um, but ultimately, we had started to build a relationship at this point, and she would confide in me and tell me that um, she was feeling things in the house, and she was incredibly uncomfortable. And I opened up to her and was like, well, I thought it was nuts because I've been feeling things for the longest time. And I remember the first two weeks we lived in that house, um, we didn't have beds yet. So we were sleeping on the floor and I had a cat that would always sleep in my room with me, like with the door closed. And um, I was like, I was starting to doze off and I thought I felt him breathing in my ear. And when I like went to shoo him away, he wasn't there and he was already asleep at my feet. And so I just, I let it go. I didn't think anything of it. I didn't want to give it any kind of attention. And it was fine for the longest time, except for the fact that at night, I did not want to leave my room. So if I had to go to the bathroom, I would take my cat with me because I felt like he was a protector. So I would just kind of use him to gauge how safe or not so safe it was to leave the room. And again, like I didn't fully understand this at the time. So to me, it was just like a super eerie feeling. It's like going into the basement when you're a kid, like mm -hmm. the unfinished basements in your grandma's house and stuff. It felt like that, but very intense. And it just got progressively worse. Like I would not come out of my room at night or if nobody was awake in the house yet. And the, we had this back room area that was always dark and heavy. Like no matter what kind of lights were on, nothing. It was just always heavy. And my mom insisted by the time that I had opened up to her and shared things with her that there was like some kind of a portal in the hallway, which of course is like right outside of my bedroom door. And I blew it off and I blew it off and I blew it off. 
And finally, I never heard anything. I never saw anything, but I did get sensations. So there's one night I felt the end of my bed pressed down as if somebody was either pressing down really hard on it or was sitting. And like, I could see the mattress, like the indention in the mattress. And then I saw it leave. Like I felt the pressure of the bed move. I saw everything, but I couldn't see a figure or anything of that kind. And my cat was hiding in my closet, which was super unlike him. Um, and about a few weeks after that, my boyfriend at the time, I went over to his apartment, which was like a 10 minute walk from my house. And his dad wanted to play darts. And I was like, oh, well, we got to go back to my house to get my own. So we walked back to my house and I had no idea that nobody wasn't home because I had just left like within the last half an hour. And usually my parents would tell me like, you know, walk through the back or the keys here or whatever the case is so I can get in the house, but they didn't tell me anything. So I was expecting to come home and like open the door and walk into the house. And we went to the front door and I went to open it and my two labs started losing their minds because they heard somebody at the door. And I thought that they were playing a prank on me, my parents, because nobody was answering the door. And I'm like, okay, seriously, like, this is not funny. Open the door. And I'm like yelling and banging. And finally I hear this horribly raspy, just eerie freaking voice say shut up to the dogs <laughs> my boyfriend and i looked at each other and i was like that wasn't chris that wasn't my father and i started walking to the back of the house and my father my brother and my mother was were pulling into the driveway so there was nobody in the house there was not a soul in that house um, and it progressively got worse from there um we actually went to a church and got holy water we got rosary beads. Um, we came up with a plan on how to deal with it. And uh, it was just, it was brutal. <laughs> it was brutal. But it was just like heavy energy all the time. But the only time I ever heard anything in that house was that. But apparently my mother had seen things. I know for sure my cat had seen things because he would never cower, especially not in my presence. Um, just very unexplainable activity in that house. It was very heavy. Very, very heavy. God. Oh, God. Okay. Um, you stay on for a second because I got to tell Drew, are you still here? Yeah, you are. Okay. Drew's got to go. So uh, he wants to know our little deal here. So you got to tell me if um, I have to move or be on Xanax 24-7. What? Oh, I'd ha I got it. Okay. I got it. I'm with you. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, so you you just got to correct me if if I mess any of this up because you know how my brain works. Once it's happened, I move on. <laughs> um, so it was like three four weeks ago. Kat and I were in bed, and we were falling asleep like normal, uh, spooning hard, and I like bury my face in the upper part of her back, so it's like very comfortable. I feel very safe. It's very nice, and the for some reason I kept like lifting my head and looking around and I felt like I wasn't there. Like I was somewhere very weird. It felt very cold. It felt like very zoned out. Um, <laughs> very safe, very nice. It is. It's very safe, very nice. Uh, but it did not feel safe that day. But when I did go back down, I would lay my head back down and then I was fine. It felt very safe and very nice and very warm and lovely. And then I lift my head back up and it'd be the same thing. It feel like cold, desolate wasteland. And I look around and it felt like very empty. I just like, I didn't feel like I was there. 
Um, and so I kept like feeling like I was getting close to falling asleep. And then as soon as I get close, I'd like feel more than hear, but I, I felt like I could hear it. And the way my mind works is like, I rationalize it and say, well, I was feeling that thing. So I, I said it in my head, but I don't know what shit is, but I, I felt and, and felt like I heard something saying, you're not going to go to sleep. You're not going to go to sleep. You're not going to go to sleep. And then I'd like sit up again and panic a little bit and then lay back down. And it just kept happening for hours and hours and hours and hours. And then eventually, yes, sleep paralysis is a trip. And then eventually I, so what happened? I like, I jumped out of bed and like grabbed my face Mm -hmm. and then everything zoned out. Right? Pretty much. And, um, it seemed like you had blacked out. Yeah. Right. So that, that was the weird thing. So I, I like jump up sitting in bed and all of a sudden, like my vision is gone. Like, and it seems like, it seems like everything in my reality is like zoning into a point and then it just disappears. So it's like everything in my peripheral vision becomes like tunnel vision. And then the tunnel turns into like a needle tip. And then it's gone. And in that in that moment, I felt like I did not exist anymore. I felt like I was out. Um, I, I like fell off the bed and hit the ground. I jacked my toe up. It still hurts today. Uh, but it, it felt like it seemed like in my head that my actual reality was like zeroing into a point And then I did not exist anymore. Like all of my consciousness felt like it just went away. I couldn't think I couldn't like I am a very rational person. I think through absolutely everything to a very annoying degree. I couldn't mm-hmm. think about anything. Shut up, Cap. I couldn't think about anything at all. My brain was like not processing that I existed. And then my vision went black. I felt like I blacked out. And then like I hit the floor in uh, in our bedroom. And then she had to come out with like cold towels and rub them all over me because I was like out. I was gone. And nothing had happened other than like the weird thing trying to fall asleep and feeling like something was telling me you're not going to go to sleep. Did I miss anything? You did. What? You did. I feel like it's the verifying points. Oh, God. (laughs) When I got you to go back to bed after I kept um, the wet rags on you, you, you didn't tell me at first. You didn't tell me at all for like what several hours that you you heard like a voice in your head if you will oh yeah that you weren't going to go to sleep yeah we had already laid down at this point and you had calmed down enough so that i asked you like dude <laughs> what's going on actually and you were like i don't know but i heard something say like in my head that you're not going to go to sleep tonight and i jumped up and i was like are you sure because i did too several hours ago like i heard the same exact thing say that you're not gonna go to sleep tonight yeah and so when you said that it just like (laughs) my blood just can't explain it because she she was having Uh, a weird sleep thing before that like kind of up and down insomnia type deal um but but she didn't panic or anything like that it was like well maintained um but yeah that's right that's right. And then I was about a thousand times more freaked the hell out. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Drew said, Kat, did you see? Oh, did you see me and see me acting weird? Yeah. You saw the whole thing, right? 
you were very much awake. Yeah. Yeah. Because at one point at the very beginning of it, I felt, I thought that you were getting up because you had just had enough of it and wanted to like know if there was something in the room or like, you know, maybe the dogs or cats was, uh, were acting up. That was my initial thought, obviously, because we have a farm inside of the house. Um, but you stood up and like stumbled around and you grabbed your face. And that's when I knew that something was horribly wrong. Yeah. Horribly wrong. And I can't remember what you said. I think you just said my name a couple of times. Um, but I automatically knew what was going on and I started to tell you to pray. And yeah. that's when I went and got the, um, the rags, the rags yeah. and you panicked because you couldn't see me anymore. Cause I was in the bathroom. Yeah. Um, yeah. and then like when I came back, it's basically when you fell and me being an idiot, I try to catch you like you're <laughs> double and a half to catch you, wait, but made an effort, made an effort Did not save your toe, but I was, you yeah. know, True. Thoughtful enough, I guess. And the 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 weird, I guess, verifying thing for me was that I I told I told Kat because she sat next to me on the bed while she was like patting my face with wet rags and stuff. I was like, I was thanking her over and over and over and over again. Like, thank you so much. Almost I th I, th I thought I was dead. I was hysterical. I was a hundred percent hysterical. I told like I have never been so grateful for something in my entire life. And anybody who knows a little bit about my past, I should be grateful for a lot. And I was very close to death a lot, uh, like more than more than normal people. And I it doesn't even remotely compare to how grateful and how scared I was like that night. I have never experienced fear ever that much because it didn't feel like I've felt like I'm going to die before in in a couple different situations. I felt like dying could be something that happens and my brain can rational. Like I can, I can talk myself through that to a degree, obviously. And I can, I can rationalize it. I thought I didn't exist anymore. And I get, they sound like the same thing, but it was not the same thing. One, like you shut off and then you know, for Christians, we believe this and that, but it felt like something had pulled my existence out of my body and like my consciousness no longer existed at all. It was the scariest feeling I've ever had in my entire life. And so I was just so wildly, wildly grateful and I was absolutely hysterical. Yeah, it was scary. Super scary. All right, Kat, you got anything else or are you good? Um, I can talk about my house in Georgia if you want, or we can save it for another time. I'm finishing up the laundry, so I have like maybe five minutes. Okay, go real, go down that go real quick, yeah. Road. And then whoever wants in um, next, throw some stuff out in the chat so I can get you queued up. Okay, so um, go ahead. I hope to heavens y'all hear this and laugh because it is funny. It is funny. I had a house, a little cabin, <laughs> in the woods in Georgia, and I mean like. I lived off of a two-lane highway, which I think is a very poor excuse for a highway, but nonetheless, I couldn't see any of my neighbors except for the guy across the street, and his house was set far back, far back from mine. Um, and I knew him well enough to know that he wouldn't play any pranks on me, especially because at the time I had methods of protecting myself that I'm not gonna elaborate on this time, hmm. but we, we knew each other to that degree, okay? So I'm like, I don't know, was I like 20, I guess? 
20 or 21. It doesn't matter. Um, I lived there alone. I lasted about a year in that house because it was petrifying. The first experience that I had, now my whole life I've seen things and like heard things, but I haven't really like seen anything before, you know? But when I moved into my house within the first two weeks of being there, we were leaving to go to Jersey or Philly or something for Christmas. And my mom's gift was inside of my house. And I already packed up my car. I had a dog and cat in the car. Everything was ready except for her gifts. And I had already locked my front door. So I had to grab my keys, go to the front door. And I was just in the house like a split second ago. And I unlocked the door. But the top one, I had to unlock by hand, like on the inside. There was enough room because I have like little tiny wrists. And when I did that, something touched me, like a hand. A hand touched my hand while my hand was on the chain of the door. And my mom did not get her Christmas present that year on time because I left. (laughs) (laughs) I just left. I just got out. Um, Nothing happened for the longest time. Um, until around summertime, immediately after that, I was, I think I was getting ready to go out. I was like in my bathroom. I had all of the windows in the house open and I had a friend that was going to come over and I was expecting them to be there within the time frame that made sense as to when I heard something at my window say, where is she? And it wasn't the person that was supposed to come to my house. There was nobody there. There was not a soul there. If you believe in any of this stuff and you've done any kind of reading or research, you know that you're not supposed to answer when something that is not there speaks to you. And me thinking that that person was just being funny, I was like, oh, I'm over here. And when I went to go look, there's nobody there. And I immediately realized that I massively screwed up, massively. Fast forward like four or five months. Joe and I get back into communication and it felt like something in the house knew I was getting ready to leave and it was not happy about it. I had this, um, Joe, I don't know if you know what it's called, but like the cord that I had Kip on. Oh, like the long outside leash. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's metal coated in a very strong, like plastic rubber. Yes. Yeah, so I had Kip on one of those because I did not have a fenced in yard. And I was actually on the phone with you. I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah. And uh, it was like 11 o'clock at night. Nobody's out there. Like cars are going every like 30 minutes down this road. So it's very quiet. And Kip is, um, he likes to think that he's a hunter. He is not, but I let him believe that he is so. So he's always out in the yard. He's always digging. He was always just being, you know, a good little boy dog. And I heard something outside and it wasn't him. And I thought maybe it was just another animal that he was you know, trying to attack or whatever. <clears throat> and I go out there and he's standing on the far corner of the deck and he looks petrified. And I mean like petrified. I've never seen him like that before. And when I went over to him to grab him and be like, dude, what are you doing? The cord was cut, like a straight cut, like a very clean cut. So it wasn't like a rabbit. And even if it was, it wouldn't be possible because it was literally like somebody took shears to it and cut it. Yeah. And that was, that was the worst one for me because it involved 
my baby. And um, from then on, I just kind of heard chains outside of my windows at night. I would hear people walking around my house and nobody was out there. And because I, I would go out there and check and see if somebody was messing with me. Not that I had any enemies, but every single time I went out there and keep in mind, like my whole backyard is nothing but a forest. So like there's plenty of hiding spots, but I'm also a smart lady. So I would know how to check and I know how to listen. And I know what deer sounds like when they're walking around. And it was none of the above. Not in the slightest. It was petrifying. It was not a great time. Huh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you, you have some bad ones. <sighs> for sure. And I was pessimistic even with you. And I like I trusted you. You know, I don't I don't think you lie about stuff. And I, I'm just so cynical that I had I had a tough time with even some of that, but after a while, I mean, not so, not so much. Not so much. I hardly believed the things that I was seeing and experiencing myself. But then like I know that I'm not a crazy person. And no offense if you are, I don't judge. Like I still love you and all, but you know, like I just I'm just super rational. And when other people tell me stories like that, I second guess them. I don't mean to be disrespect by it. It's just, you know, you never know. Like maybe somebody is playing a prank on you. Well, the problem is so but many like, people lie about things. it. So many, so many people, people lie about, about it. it. It's so theatric. It's such a drama club. It's that's my problem with it. And it, it muddies the water for the good stuff. Just like words like sorcery and black magic and things like this. They sound stupid because our society and culture of entertainment has shown us that these are fairy tale things they are real things they just sound so freaking silly because we mm -hmm. as a as a society have made them sound silly teal says you need to teach a class about this and drew says that you brought demons into my life <laughs> uh, okay all right i don't know what i could teach but just don't if you hear something say something to you no, you didn't. Yeah, no, you and didn't. That's it. That's my advice. Go pray. Y'all have a good night. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. I love you. You're muted. Sorry, Drew. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Okay. Uh, Teal is first. Then um, Rodriguez says she has something positive. And then Shannon, I saw you. So we'll go in that order. Teal, you are in. Okay, I didn't get to hear. I was one of the ones who didn't get to hear the video that you played. Okay. So if I if I'm understanding your explanation of that video, you were saying something about demons or some spiritual entity that uses medications to do what now with people? Because I have a question pertaining to something. Well, I have a story pertaining to something that just happened to me regarding that because it like scared me to death. I thought I was going to die. So was the medication, was the guy asking her or was she confirming that they use medication? Yes. To so, get yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm glad you asked that, too, because I did want to clarify on that, because I know people take medications. Um, right. So in that specific video, they were talking about one specific medical concoction. OK, and then um, biblically, pharmakia is most of the time you see it in the Bible, it's going to be called sorcery. And sorcery can be translated several different ways, but the most common understanding of what sorcery is, is basically, again, a concoction of different chemicals or materials um, 
whether they be natural or not natural, that creates some kind of, again, silly word, but some kind of potion, right? So whether that's a drug or a drink or, a, you know, they used to make wines that were made by sorcerers and were thought to do, you know, dark magic or have something to do with dark magic. So there in that video is about one specific medical thing that people were doing and she said we work through the medicine so and, and in that one the demon was saying i can't get her to take it i need her to take it and he's like why why because we work through the medicine and then at the end it was the i need her to take it before repentance and the concept was that wow. if she repents prior to the sorcery taking effect she's able to side skirt it does that make more sense or clear yes, it up. Yes, it does. Okay. Okay. So before I before I tell my story and ask my question, are we on anything that is going to get you banned if I say words? Yes. And medicines. Yes. yes. Okay. So I'm gonna. Can I type the name of the medicine and mm. y'all can all read it while I tell the story? Uh, let's put it in the off topic section so that it because the okay. chat the chat is up on the screen too. So throw okay, it, so throw it in just, the off topic. I'll just name the medicines later for the sake of time, but explain cool. what happened to me. Yeah. So, okay. So um, I think most of you know that I fell and I broke my arm on the 8th and I had to have surgery. Well, um, I have this rare genetic gene mutation that makes me allergic to all pain medicines. All of them. And now there's a new component whereby some of the pain medicines actually make my blood pressure drop dangerously low. Like I almost coded twice, Whoa. once in the ambulance and once in the ER, because when they were, they had to put me out so they could set my arm because I broke my humerus and they had to set my arm in a temporary cast so I could um, leave the ER because I'm like, why am I not going into surgery now? Like it wasn't a thing. They were going to send me to see the orthopedist. They couldn't get a good x-ray, et cetera. Well, they were trying to give me this one particular medicine. Um, it begins with an M and it ends in an E. And when they were giving it to me, it dropped my blood pressure dangerously low and they had to stop because I was about to code. So God. because I have this gene mutation, the doctor is freaking out and he's like, hold on a second, stop giving her the medicine because the paramedics gave me um, this other medicine that starts with a P and ends in an ill, if y'all can put all that together. And that dropped my blood pressure and I almost coded in the ambulance. They had to stop giving it to me, prop up my feet, make me sit up the whole nine yards. And so anyway, so this doctor is freaking out because he's the condition I have not a lot of people know about. I know about it because I have to be my own advocate because it'll literally, literally kill me. So if I don't know about it and I can't tell my providers, I could die. So he says, hold on a second. I have to go and do research. I'll be back. So he's gone what seemed like forever. And he comes back and the nurses are switching because it's um, it's shift change. And so my, the nurse that was giving me the first medicine left and it had to explain to the second nurse, look, this is what's going on. So the doctor finally comes back and he says, I'm going to have to give you this medicine. Um, it starts with the K. They give it to horses and it ends in a mean. 
And he said, because it's the only one that I can find that'll push your blood pressure up. Because my blood pressure at the time was something to the effect of 50-something over 30-something. That's how low it was getting. Yeah, it was bad. And I am in so much pain. Like, I didn't even feel like I was fixing to code because I was in so much pain. Because, oh my God, if you've ever broken an arm or a limb, you have all the prayers in the world because... It's been excruciating. But yeah, I was literally in the 50s over the 30s, almost in the 40s, going down. That's why they had to stop the the second one immediately. Like immediately they had to stop. And so he's like, this one is going to push your blood pressure up. But he warned me before he gave it to me. And this is the first time a doctor has ever warned me. And this is exactly what he said. He said, okay, I'm giving you this because this is the only one that I can find that is going to push your blood pressure up so we can successfully knock you out because it's called conscious sedation and put your arm in this splint so we can send you to see the orthopedist tomorrow. I said, okay. He said, I'm telling you though, and he was he was dead serious. Like he was not even joking. He said, I'm going to give you this medicine, but hear me and hear me well. When you go into this, you have to think happy and positive thoughts. Because if you go into this with negative, painful thoughts, you will come out of it screaming like you're having a nightmare. And you will experience it as such. I said, and I'm like, okay, cool with me. Like, he didn't have to convince me. I was just like, knock me the the hell out because (laughs) I was in so much pain. I was ready to do literally anything. So he's like, what's your happy place? And I said, my happy place is Pensacola or Navarre Beach in the presence of Jesus. He said, okay, go there right now and hold on to that. So I did. Like I I closed everybody out and I just was, you know, like imagining myself in the presence of Jesus and we were on the beach. And so they started giving me the medicine. And I, and I have had tons of medication over my life because I'm all, there's always, always have something, but nonetheless, this was the craziest experience I've ever had in my life. Now here's where it gets scary. So in my brain, I could literally hear everything that was going on. I could hear the doctors, the nurses, the radiology tech. I could hear everybody. I could see through my closed eyes and see everything that they were doing. Like I could see them putting my arm in the cast. My eyes had to have been closed. There were no way my eyes were open. And I could see the radiology tech putting the film tray behind my arm and my shoulder to take x-rays because they had to do a mobile x-ray. But at the same time, I'm envisioning and I have like six screens in my eyes. Like that's what I'm seeing in my brain. And it was like every kind of color of the rainbow And I could see what they were doing. I could hear what they were doing. But I don't know why something at the end. And I don't know if it's something the doctor said, because the doctor said before he put me under, he said, I want to let you know I have a crash cart. And I heard him ask for the crash cart. And I think maybe that's what flipped the switch in my brain. Because at that same moment, I honestly started feeling my body and my brain dying. 
and I felt like I was dying and I started getting scared and I started calling out the name of Jesus in the middle of this because I was doing good. I was, it was just sort of a weird kind of trip, but this is the first time anything like this has happened to me. And then finally they were done and I started coming out of the medicine, but I remember coming out of the medicine and my screens that were every color of the rainbow had turned black. And I remember coming out of the sedation saying the name of Jesus. And it scared the hell out of me to the point where I'm like, I don't understand how people can take, because this is a medicine that people abuse. Yeah. I've already, I've already know the medicine. I've heard of it and they abuse it. I'm like, I don't understand how people can do that. And so anyway, so that like freaked me out. So that's why I was asking you, because when you said something about it, I'm thinking, because whether you believe in it or not, that everybody has their own opinion. I believe in spiritual warfare. I have experienced it. I am a warfare prayer. I will pray for two and a half plus. I will pray till the cows come home if I have to. So that's why and this is the first time ever in my entire life even though i've been walking with jesus for 13 years now specifically intently that i've i've had i've had rotator cuff repairs i've had a hysterectomy i've had all kinds of surgeries but this is the first time in my life that i've had an experience like that and it scared it legit scared me uh-huh. and i don't scare easy i do not scare easy <laughs> But that's why I was asking about that medicine because I'm like, oh, dear God, did something happen or did something with the medication cause me to have that? Or was this just my mindset? Because I heard because when he walked in, he told the nurse, he said, look, I want a crash cart here. I want cardiac medicines here because I was crashing. My my blood pressure couldn't get stabilized, but they still had to fix my arm. Yeah. So that's why I was like, and the minute I heard him ask about the crash cart after they had done the x-rays and my arm was set, I think I started to panic in my brain because I really thought, oh, damn, this is it. I'm fixing to die. <laughs> I mean, I legit felt like my body, like everything went black and I legit felt my body like the best way I can explain it is my body came to a halt. Yeah. And I wasn't feeling paralyzed. I just felt like my body was just stopped and and all i could do was say the name of jesus and oh my god that was the craziest trip ever it was so that's why i asked specifically about that video when you said that because i'm like oh dear lord yeah and so in that (laughs) that specific instance it wasn't that um yeah but well i guess do you do you have anything else before i throw you on Mute. No, I was gonna. I was just gonna say that, but I did have a question. If you yeah. knew anything else, because I've heard of people who who do this healing practice. It's not a medicine. I don't know if I can say it, and I don't want to get us kicked off. But it starts with an A, and it's um. I'm gonna say it's uh, sort of a um Amazonian Ash. ayahuasca. Yeah, yeah. No, you can say it, that. Um. People who've died from that, but I wanted to know: Is that something related to that video, or how does that fit into the whole scheme of things? Okay, I gotcha. All right, let me. I'll answer that. I'm gonna throw you back on mute. I'm gonna answer that and then kind of expand on it because that was already kind of what I was gonna talk about. Thanks, Teal. Um, so, so we'll we'll put all the names because I know what she was talking about. Um, all of the ones that she danced around. We'll put all the names of those in the off-topic chat so you guys can see off-stream. 
including the one she just said, but it's ashwagandha. Um, so it is an Amazonian type psychedelic. Um, I don't know a super lot about it, but I know enough. Um, so, so let's take psychedelics as a whole, right? And then let's take it past the psychedelics. And then Rodriguez, I've got you up next. And then we got Shannon after that. Anybody else who wants in, pop in. DMT is another one. So let's take psychedelics in general. There is, there is a lot of, there are a lot of different ideas that these not ashwagandha i must have missed something there's a lot of ideas that these psychedelic properties or substances put you in a place where potentially you're outside of the the whole realm dimension thing that i was talking about right so a lot of people believe that we live in this dimension Again, and that there is either a dimension here above or a dimension below, wherever it is, but that time is different. Everything, matter, atoms, everything is different. Outside of dimensions, we can't even imagine because our brains can only imagine what we've experienced, seen, heard, smelled. It's not possible for us. But some people believe that these psychedelic properties allow people to change their consciousness or the level of it so that they're not in a different dimension or they're not in a different realm, but that you have more of an open doorway or connection. So there's a lot of stuff around that. And then obviously there's a lot of people who are like, no, dude, you're just high, right? You just took drugs. So you have the opposite ends of the spectrum. But there's a lot of weird stories about what happens to people when they take some of that stuff. And there's a lot of now Christians who actually played with psychedelics in the past and will tell you absolutely 100% they had interacted with demons, like on a very personal level, in a conscious way. Um, and then at the same time, we, we see interactions with demons that don't have anything. Oh, ayahuasca. Yes, yes. Ashwagandha is a legal substance. That's like for sleep, isn't it? Yeah, not, uh, not ashwagandha. Ayahuasca, ayahuasca, ayahuasca. Um, God, Mystic, Mystic knows her stuff, huh? We need to uh, ask her. So there, there's ideas around it. And like I said, there's a lot of Christians who have played with it in the past, don't anymore, but, but said that it put them in a spiritual place where they were able to interact in a different way. Um, so, I mean, it's just something to think about. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Uh, Rodriguez, you are in so be mindful you're unmuted on my end you need to unmute on your end okay can you all hear me yes ma'am okay um a, a couple things sorry i'll say the good story because it, i swear it's good and basic but um only because he was bringing up the meds um they put me on a trial medication and one of the warning signs was suicidal thoughts and I'm gonna get really vulnerable, but I didn't believe it and I didn't take it seriously. Um, and yeah, the, the thoughts really were there. I, so that's why like when you load, when you loaded that video from TikTok, it kind of made me think a little bit, um, but I really wanted to be on the medication because they paid me $600 a month. Um, so I didn't even want to tell my doctor and then he took me off of it and he's like, well, thanks for letting me know. He goes, we just had one person commit suicide. And I was like, okay. Like uh -huh. I just didn't, 
Um, yeah, so hormone therapy, HRT stuff can get really complex. And so, yeah, I won't go into that. But um, the good thing that happened one time, um, I was in high school. And so this is like 30, so, oh, well, I don't, never mind. I won't go there. <laughs> but it was a while ago. <laughs> and um, I'll never forget one time I was sleeping and I woke up and I remember being upset because I was actually tired. It's almost like that sensation, like someone woke you up, you know, like when your alarm wakes you up, you don't want to get up. Yeah. And I kept trying to go back to sleep, but I had this strong, I don't know how to explain it, like a sensation to pray. Um, but I kept trying to go back to sleep and I had this strong urge to pray for, um, some friends of my mom. And I remember thinking that was weird. And I tried going back to sleep. And then eventually I just prayed because I was annoyed really more than anything. And I wanted to go to sleep. And, um, I think it was a couple days later, my mom had said that their family, um, their son, I guess, was trying to seek asylum and trying to escape their, their country. This is over near, um, somewhere near the Middle East, I think is near where it was. Um, and that it looked like their son was going to get caught, but that he did it. And that like God intervened. And I don't know exactly what happened. All I remember is if you go back to when all of that was going on, it was during the time when I was woken up in the middle of the night and felt the need to pray. Um, so I feel like that was a good, weird experience. Yeah. Um, so I don't want it, you know, to kind of get rid of whatever bad things. <laughs> but yeah, that was, yeah, I'll never forget that. That's wild. Yeah. Jeez. I, I'm glad you, I'm, I'm glad somebody suggested some happy stories and I'm glad you had one. Cause I, I honestly, being the way I am, did not plan this that well. I should have to, to structure it in a way where after we go out through all this spooky stuff, we uh, end on a yeah. good note. And I, I didn't. So sorry, guys. But ho hopefully others have some happy stories too. But that was cool. That's a cool um, story. Yeah. And then with the meds, though, that I was on, I talked to one of my friends about it. And she's, you know, really Pentecostal. And I wasn't taking it seriously. But she did tell me, because she's on a lot of medications, too. She's like, you know, whenever I get my meds, I just pray over them like I do my food. Yeah. Um, and she's like, and um, I pray against pharmacia is literally what she said. Because of what when I told her what happened, I was like, hey, there's something not right about having thoughts like that, you know? I just, yeah, it was weird. I was like, I'm a mom. Come on. I'm not going to have those thoughts. And it was, yeah. yeah. And it wasn't a control. None of that. So. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't think it matters. Like, it, and with that, and this is a hundred percent my opinion, not a fact that I don't think any drugs necessarily are inherently demonic or evil. Uh, I think every drug is a form of sorcery, uh, just literally. But I, I think I think again it just it goes back to who are you? Who do you belong to? What are you tapping into? What are you spending your time doing? People who are connected repeatedly or consistently or perpetually with with evil things, with the evil energy, like yeah, they, these drugs are gonna put you in a vulnerable state and you're gonna be taken over much more cleanly, much more easily. But I, but I think the same can be done in other ways. Like there, there are drugs that obviously really help people. And there are drugs that people genuinely need if they want to live anything that resembles a normal life. My mother was one of them. She took everything you could possibly imagine 
after a car accident that damaged her very bad. Uh, but she was a very godly woman. Uh, I think the praying over medicine is an, is an amazing idea. I think that's something that should absolutely be done because they put you in a vulnerable position, no matter who you are. They change chemistry, they change hormone patterns, they have a great effect on a person. And we're not all spiritual or all physical. We're like this concoction of both. So I think that was that's a great thing to do, is pr kind of pray over it like food. Yeah, that's phenomenal. You have anything else? That's it. Thanks, guys. All right, thanks, Shannon. You're up if you're still good. Oh yeah, someday you do need to tell the Red Cardinal story. That's interesting. Uh, do, 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 do. That's funny. Teal's got the red cardinal for her mom. All right, Shannon, just shoot me a confirmation if you're good. I, I don't want to unmute anybody after time has passed without you know letting you know ahead of time. Just in case you're talking to somebody or doing something that you do not want to be public. Beautiful. Shannon, you are in. Okay. So I feel bad going back to the spooky stuff. <laughs> But it was a okay. little quick thing that happened to me um, when I was visiting um, a college that I really wanted to go to back when I was in high school. And this is back when um, Androids first came out. So I actually took a picture of one of the buildings, and it was one of the older buildings um, at this college. And I didn't see anything suspicious or anything like that. But when I looked at the picture, I saw a face. And it was like a grayish, whitish face. I didn't see it in person. Nothing was there in the window. There was no curtains. Nothing was in the window. Absolutely nothing. It was completely black. And then when I took this picture, all of a sudden, there's like this grayish white face with um like flowing drapey thing i don't know how to explain it but like i said there was nothing there until i started showing my friends this picture and i'm like this has to be a curtain and they're like no it's not a curtain like it wouldn't go with the flow of the uh the way the building is and the way that window was and I'm like, no, you guys are messing with me. There's no way that this could be what I think it is. And they're like, no, it absolutely is. Like, you can see the face clear as day. And I was in complete denial for a good, I don't know, I want to say about a good four months. And I'm just staring at this picture, and I just couldn't get it out of my head. I don't have the picture anymore because uh, I got a new phone since then. But even to this day, it's like burned into my brain of what I saw. And it's just the creepiest thing in the world. Jeez, dude. Yeah, this stuff just... It's freaky. It's freaky. It is. God. <laughs> to go back to what we were talking about, I do have a friend that does DMT, and he has admitted to talking with spirits, and he thought yeah. of it as he was speaking to angels. I don't necessarily know if that's true, because I don't, I, I don't dabble into that, and I won't. 
But that's just what he would say to me is that he's becoming more spiritual because it's awakening his quote unquote third eye. Yeah. Yeah. You ah, it's man, this is so it's so broad. It's so hard to talk about. Um because you, you have like one end of the spectrum with all these new age people and the paganism who also dabble in stuff like that. And then on the other end of the spectrum, you have legit Christians who play with that stuff, too. And they're mm-hmm. interestingly enough, usually their experiences are similar in how they're constructed, but very different in the types of entities they say they meet, which is is very interesting. But again, I don't just like you. I'm not I don't know. I don't know, but I, I've heard all these different stories. I think it's super interesting to hear the stories, but I don't know how much weight to put into any of it. It's obviously a, I don't either. It's I, a heavy I deal. Say I'm less than optimistic when it comes to that. Yeah, which I, I don't blame you for at all. 100%. You got anything else, Shannon? No, that's it. Okay, guys, last chance. If somebody wants to pop in and share because it is 8 o'clock, because I am incapable of keeping this to an hour and a half. So we are two hours deep. If y'all want, we can do a part two or we can do a part two later in the future and take a break from this next week and do something else. Yeah, the pineal gland and the new age stuff. You you got the, uh, oh God, the fluoride in the water. People will talk about that it blocks your you know spiritual eye, your third eye. It's all about mindset, especially with psychedelics. If you're open to the spiritual experience, your experience is similar to those of New Age. If you just want to get high and have fun, it will be demi- I don't know if I agree with that. So, so only only New Age people can have a spiritual experience on it. I don't know about that, man. I, I think I get what you're saying, um, but it, it might. I don't know. I don't want to go too into a drug talk. That's not why we're here. All right, Mystic, then just for you. Well, I'll keep putting this topic on the poll. Oh, I definitely agree with that. That's what I was kind of worried. I was misunderstanding that it's all about intentions. A hundred percent, 100 percent. In my opinion, I absolutely agree with that. Uh, Okay, you guys got it. So we'll I'm still going to have y'all vote. So this I'll put the then we're going to wrap up now. We'll pray and then we'll pray hard and then we'll get out of here. But this weekend at some point i will post another poll in the announcement section i'll tag everybody who has the alert role set so if you want to get alerted of important things i'm not going to blow you guys up just important things at the top of the channels list right under events where you find the bible study and this discussion hit channels and roles and then click the alert role If you click that role, then you will get notified anything I post an important announcement. I'm not going to blow you up with it. It's like live streams, polls, topic ideas, or like a drastic change in something with the Discord, just so you guys know. I'm not going to blow you up. So if if you get on that, then you'll know when the poll's posted. I'll also try to throw it in the off topic, so if anybody doesn't see it, you can see it. But we'll add the Christian demonology topic again along with a few other topics. So if you guys as a group decide you want to do something else first, then we'll do that. And then whenever you guys vote back in the Christian demonology, we'll do that. What we do is 100% in y'all's hands. So I will just continue doing that. And then we'll keep going. 
Jersey, it was good to see you, man. Miss anything? No, 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 no. All right, beautiful. Let's pray and get out of here. God, thank you for letting us come together like this. It's a phenomenal thing. It's an amazing thing. This group just keeps growing. And honestly, it blows me away all the time. The level of intelligence and dedication and just, honestly, just the spirit of the people here is is pretty wild. I feel like it's something that's difficult to find in a systematic church. At least for me personally, it's been very hard to find community like this, to find people who desire to learn like this, people who desire to grow close to you and to really understand things at at an academic level, like people who truly, truly want to learn. It's amazing what we have here. I pray that everybody here continues to stay dedicated to their own personal studies to do more than what we just do here Thursdays and Sundays. And that when we do meet, it's just reinforcement. It's something strong. We get that community aspect. And then we go on and continue to study, continue to learn and continue to grow outside of this little Discord group. God, I pray for everybody here who's had one of these weird situations, one of these connections with the other realm or with these demonic energies. However it's understood, however that person sees it, I hope that they gain some kind of solace in the fact that yeah, we talked about a lot of spooky stuff today, but it's just because that's the stuff that stands out and what we were talking about. We know that everybody here has had some kind of experience with you, that that positive connection to the light side, to the lighter energy, the positive energy, the good, the moral, the just, the right, the justified. We've all had that, and we'll definitely spend some time talking about that another day. But please, please just make it obviously apparent to everybody here that you're connected, that however that feels might be different, however that manifests or seems or appears to be might be different, but everybody here, people who are this dedicated are connected to good. They are connected to morality in its objective form. They are connected to spirituality at an elevated level. I pray that everybody here truly understands and not just hears it and accepts it, but truly understands that they are not a collection of atoms with no intrinsic value. We are spiritual beings. We the, the Bible is super clear about it. I'm sure everybody here can feel it. So please try to make that more apparent and ever more apparent as time goes on and as everybody here tries to grow closer to you. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Everybody stay positive. Positive stuff. Positive stuff. Uh, you're good to bail, but uh, a few announcements, I guess. I'm I'm still trying to figure out the prayer request system, so I apologize that I'm not getting those organized properly. I'm trying a ticketing system. It became very complicated, and I didn't think it would be a good format or setup. So hopefully by the end of the weekend, I'll have that prayer request section set up that whenever you post something in there, the everybody who's on the prayer team will be notified right away. They'll come prayer, they'll come pray over whatever your request is right away in Discord like over text or voice or video and then they will tag me in a shortened version of it so that I can add that to the end of this Thursday stream and this Sunday Bible study stream. Remember too that Sunday we'll be going back into two different chapters of Acts. And then soon we're going to start voting on what to do next. I think we should probably do 2 Corinthians next because we did first. We came to Acts for further context and more of the history. So we'll probably go into 2 Corinthians after that.
But again, you guys run the show, so I'm just going to post the poll with a few of my my ideas of where would be intelligent to go, and then you, you guys will ultimately decide. If anybody has anything you need to ask or any question, last minute burning desires, you've got 30 seconds, and then I'm going to shut the stream down. It's 8 o'clock. We went two hours. You guys are crazy. And every week, I think I'm going to cut it off and be like, no, it's a hard, it's a hard cutoff point. I got to go to bed. I got to take my kid to bed. And then every week I'm like, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to keep it rolling. Uh, Teal says she listed the names of the meds that we did not want to talk about in the off topic section. So go check that out. I will post the one that that video was about in that same section by me telling you what the medication is. I'm not saying that I agree with it. I want to make that clear. I'm not saying it's demonic. I'm not saying if you take it or have it or got it or are thinking about taking it, that it is going to do something demonic to you. I'm not saying that theologically I agree with the video. It's just a video on the Internet that was interesting. So I'll post that in there as soon as we're done. And 30 seconds is up. So I love y'all severely, genuinely. Every time we do this. It just keeps getting better and better. And every time I have a few minutes to get on Discord, I see you guys talking and discussing things and questioning things. And it it it's it's mind-blowing because I'm not used to being around people like this. Genuinely. It was part of why I left the church, it's part of why I stopped pastoring vocationally. And you guys are like completely revitalizing me and making me care so much. And it's, it's genuinely impacting my own personal walk and my own personal spirituality in such a positive way. I just want you to know how much I, I greatly, greatly respect and appreciate what you guys are doing here, the work you are doing here. I am a very small part of what is happening here. And that's not, that's not stupid humility. That is a fact. I help facilitate, but you guys do everything else. I just pop in, answer questions sometimes. You guys are phenomenal. I also want to say thank you to everybody who's donated because it's like way more than I thought at this point. Thank you guys, because I, I really want to open this up to more stuff. Like I, I added a bunch of new stuff to Discord. I'm going to keep adding stuff. I just I want to make it somewhere that everybody is like having a good time and, and you have things to do and you have just be fun, man. Like I want the community to be fun. I want to have good equipment. So the quality is better. I you have my absolute word that any money you donate to this is not going in my pocket. It will get reinvested into things that have to do with what we're doing here. Long winded outro. I love you guys. I'm out.